0: New Vision Podcast, Clyde with you here, and we're back in our study through the book of Mark. Now, if you have been at New Vision this past Thursday or Sunday, as when this episode drops, you'll know that we're in a new sermon series. I'm really excited about this, uh, kicking off this series on the Ten Commandments. And we had Jen Wilkin uh, come on Thursday and and interview and talk about her book. Um, It's a really great book. I would recommend it. Uh, but anyway, so we're typically, if, if you've been here at New Vision long, you know that the podcasts are designed to kind of uh, be supplementary to the new sermon series. And so usually when we start a new series, we start a new podcast. And so we weren't going to do all the book of Mark, but then I saw the text today and it's dealing with the Ten Commandments. And so I'm like, well, let, let's just keep going. And, and I think that's a good idea. So we're going to go all the way through the book of Mark, uh, all the way to the end until we hit to Thanksgiving, and then we have a special uh, small Thanksgiving series coming for you guys. And so, anyways, I hope you guys have been able to attend, uh, you know, whether it's Thursday or Sunday, and we're excited about the new the sermon series through the Ten Commandments. This big idea that, you know, in church, especially in our, our day and age, you hear this catchphrase thrown around where it's like, Hey, it's not about rules, it's about relationship. And I think that's true, and there's something to that, definitely, as we'll see uh, today. But there's also another side to that, and that's kind of the thesis of Jen Wilkins' book, as well as the sermon series, is that, well, it doesn't discount rules completely, you know, because rules enable relationships. Um, You know, how do you behave in a certain way? And we know that, uh, you know, the Old Testament, the old, the moral code, the moral laws and stuff are still in effect, that Jesus. Uh, you know, obeyed the law perfectly yet, that doesn't mean it's thrown out. I mean, still, we're not supposed to murder and cheat and do all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, any good relationship has rules. This is how we behave, you know, the, in the cloud family. Like, that's not how clouds behave. Um, in God's family, this is not how a Christian behaves. And these are rules and ground rules that we're still called to believe and still called to follow through, in a moral sense. And so it is about rules. Um, it's more so about relationship, um, but we'll, we'll see that more today. So anyways, that me rambling on talking about the new sermon series, and today we're continuing through the book of Mark, which will, after today, have less to do with the sermon series. So I hope you continue to join us through that. And so today, let's go ahead and dig in. We're in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. This is a story you guys are all probably familiar with, the story of the rich young ruler or the rich young, young man. And so I, as usual, I'm reading out of the ESV translation, Mark chapter ten, verses seventeen through thirty-one. And as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, "Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments: do not murder." Do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And he said, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions With God, For all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, There is no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, and lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last, and the last first. Now that last part we had spent a lot of time in a sermon a few weeks ago that Nick did, talking about a parable where Jesus says this first phrase, and many who are first will be last, and last will be first. So we're going to kind of skip that. And I wanted to focus on this first chunk of this story, The Rich Young Ruler, where it's talking about those commandments, and just kind of hit home maybe what we, we heard about this Sunday, kind of remind us of that as we see that in this story. And so, uh, you know, the first thing I wrote in my notes is that obeying the commandments was never meant to fuel our self-righteousness. You know, we, we saw Sunday and Thursday that, yeah, we, we are to obey rules. Rules enable relationship. The relationship's the most important part, but you can't have rules apart from the relationship. If you do, then you're just self-righteous because that's not what it was ever meant to be. Uh, when, when the Ten Commandments were given, God's like, hey, I am the God who's speaking. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. You know? And so he'd already saved them. There's already a relationship. He's already their covenant God. So there's already a relationship. And then come the rules. So here in this story... We see that it had morphed, obviously now, and this is the New Testament time, had morphed in the Pharisees, you know, were the epitome of self-righteousness, but the whole movement of it was, "Hmm, well, you obey the rules to get relationship, and I know we've preached at that in church for years, that, well, it's not about rules, it's about relationship, and so here we have someone, you know, on the opposite side of that saying, well, yeah, it's about rules, and so he comes to Jesus, and he calls him good teacher, uh, and and Jesus is like, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. What he's saying, like, look, if, if unless you're prepared to call me Lord and God, then you have no right and call me good, because then that's a contradiction. Are you prepared to be uh, for me to be your Lord and Savior and and your, you know, capital G God or not? And as he's going to show that this rich young ruler is not prepared to have Jesus as the the first and foremost. And so, which is the, the, the most important thing. So he goes through these commandments and he's like, look, I've obeyed these, uh, you know, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And then he cuts Jesus off. The guy's like, teacher, I've kept all these from my youth. And my first thought is like, yeah, right. Like, honor your father and mother and do not bear false witness and, you know, right yeah you've obeyed that okay whatever so let's just let's just give him that let's just say he he might have uh kept these kind of horizontal commandments which he probably hasn't but let's just give it to him and so jesus does that and he it says he loved him all right i'm gonna be patient with this guys and so he starts talking about the wealth thing like give away your wealth now to us we kind of take that and we're like well am i supposed to give away my wealth is that how i go to heaven But what Jesus is doing is showing this rich young ruler that he's talking about all these horizontal commandments that have to deal with our relationships with other people. But what he's neglected the entire time was the first, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. He's calling Jesus a good teacher, but Jesus is claiming to be deity and, and is there to be Lord and Savior. Is he prepared to do that or not? He's not prepared to do that. And he obviously, by Jesus, points it out as his, uh, his material possessions in life, his money, is his god. It's it's more important. So there already, Jesus is showing that this guy has broken the first and the second commandments. You shall shall have no other gods before me, and you shall have you know not have idols. Shall not carve in an image. In other words, the, these created things take place of the creator. So he has you know, money in the place of God. And therefore, if you broke broke that commandment, you broke the rest of them. It's it's all or nothing. Are you honoring God? Are you in relationship with him or not? And he shows that he is not. And so, um, again, back to the first point that I wrote, obeying the commandments was never meant to fuel our self-righteousness. That's what this guy was doing. You know, I've done those. I've done those. Um, So he's kind of fueling that. Um, And then number two, I I talked about this. When we break the first commandment, we break them all. You shall have no other gods before me. That this this guy was breaking that and he didn't, he couldn't see it. He was just blind. And and Jesus says he loved him and he was trying to show him that. Unfortunately, he went away. He went away from that. And then the last thing I wrote was it does talk about wealth in this. and, And I think in relationship to the point that Jesus is making, it's that wealth was never meant to confirm our righteousness. Wealth, or we can say, you know, health, wealth well-being, things are going well, that kind of stuff was never meant to confirm our righteousness. So uh, why, why the disciples are so shocked at this story is that in first century Judaism, you know, wealth was associated with God's blessing, um, typically kind of like we do now. Like, well, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed, you know. And so if you're obeying the rules as the basis for your righteousness— then being, being wealthy in that culture is like the confirmation of your righteousness. Well, then I, I must be pretty doing pretty good. You know, if I'm obeying the rules and things are going well, then that must mean I'm doing it good enough. And so what else do I need to do, you know? And the problem with that is that, of course, this theology leaves no room for suffering. It leaves no room for, you know, people who are doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and go through hard times in their life. It, it just, it doesn't, it's a poor, poor theology and we see that all through the Bible, uh, speaking against that. And here Jesus is kind of reinforcing that. So anyways, Jesus, I think the the most powerful weighted statement in this whole story is that, verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. He loved him. And he, he's trying to show this guy his own heart. And unfortunately, he leaves and doesn't see that. But what's amazing is that, you know, Jesus, he kept all the commandments And while we can't keep the commandments as the basis, you know, for achieving our own righteousness, it's impossible because we can't even keep the commandments. And that's not the point of them in the first place. But Jesus kept the commandments. And so he's like, I'll do it for you. I'll tell you what, I'll achieve your righteousness for you. And so now, in light of that, we know that as Christians, and now because Jesus has achieved all that, he has achieved our righteousness, now we can obey the commandments to fuel that relationship and give, so this money part, we can give out of gladness because we are worshiping Jesus rightly. We're worshiping Jesus rightly. And so because he's done that for us, He saved us in relationship, now rules, continue to enable that relationship, the flourishing and the healthiness of that. We can obey the commandments now out of the power of the Holy Spirit because they have been achieved for us. And then also we can give because we're worshiping Jesus rightly. You shall have no other gods before me and uh, not create yourself an idol. And so I hope that helps you guys. I've been blabbering again Um, I hope this story encourages you as we look forward to continuing through the book of Mark, but also as we start a new sermon series. Y'all have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow.